Nehemiah chapter 12, beginning at verse 27. We're going to read verse number 27, and then we'll read verse number 43. We're going to read verse number 27, and then verse number 20, 43 from the English Standard Version. Nehemiah 12, uh, verse 27, it says this, <clears throat> in the, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, and with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres. And then verse 43 says, And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God uh, for God's word. As we shared, uh, we'll be walking through the verses that are in between verse number 27 and verse 43, but wanted to uh, kind of raise, raise those bookend verses to give us some context for where we will, uh, where we will kind of rest our, rest our sermonic uh, renderings on today. Uh, and like to tag these, this particular text from Nehemiah 12 with the topic, celebrating the comeback, celebrating the comeback, celebrating uh, the comeback. The people of Israel, the people of, uh, of Israel have reached a mountaintop moment in their quest to rebuild and reestablish the city of Jerusalem at the command of God and under the leadership of Nehemiah. What seemed an unachievable and even impossible to this remnant of exiles who had lived in and around the region of Jerusalem had now been accomplished and standing in all of the task that had just been completed and the part they played in God's plan of restoring Jerusalem to prominence and returning the people of the nation to Israel, the time had now come to dedicate the result of their work to the Lord. This was for the people of God a comeback. It was a comeback to the place that had been established as the city of God. It was a return, a comeback to the place where they were called to experience God's presence in unique and powerful ways. Uh, the completed wall was an important part of the restoration of Jerusalem. It was a sign of renewed protection for those who desire to come back to the home city of the Israelite nation. The city of David had gone unprotected after being conquered by uh, the ruling empire. And for years, the city and its walls laid in ruin, causing the place to be exposed and vulnerable. Yet the wall was a sign that now Jerusalem's city was fortified. The wall was a place of renewed commitment. This was an effort of the people coming together, working side by side to get this done. Long hours and time away from the normal routines and responsibilities of life life had allowed this community to put its commitment to God's work and word into action in a tangible way. The wall was a place of renewed protection. It was also a place of renewed connection. The people who were under the rule of another nation because of their unfaithfulness found themselves and found uh, itself reconnecting with God in a deeper way because of the work that they had taken on. We see this in the spirit with which they undertook 
take the work and also as they encountered the words of the law of Moses in a deep and intimate way. They had done the work necessary to rebuild the walls, done the work necessary to reclaim the protection of the city, done the work necessary to re uh, to reignite and reconnect themselves to God and now it was time to celebrate. Now it was time to worship. This is in many ways a, a reflective cycle of our lives as believers. We move from worship to work and back again as a part of the ebb and flow of our faith journey. Uh, yet so often we can find ourselves leaning more heavily on one side over the other. We work to build and to structure and to create and to manage and to accomplish. All the while we are pushing past, taking the true time out to tend to our souls through spending time with God. There are even some who are, as my father once cautioned me not to be, so heavenly bound that they are no earth good we we were created to spend time sometime in fellowship and worship of our great God but not all of the time to be clear we ought to spend a little time every day worshiping God and we are certainly should spend more than a couple of hours that we designate a uh, weekly for worship of the Lord this is why the creation story tells us that God worked for six days and on the seventh day God rested the purpose for the command is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy yet if we are not careful we can allow our lives to become skewed by too much focus on the work or by too much focus on the worship without work work without worship is a self-serving activity it is saying look what I did all by myself but worship without work is spiritualized passivity it is saying God does it without my help I'm gonna say that one more time because I think we need to get that uh, in our spirits to Today, that work without worship is a self-serving activity it is feeding our egos it is pride filled but worship without work is spiritualized passivity it's saying I don't do anything God does everything so let me just sit back in my pew sit back on my couch sit back in my living room and let things happen as God wants it to happen because I don't have an active role in this yet uh, the reality of what God desires for us is uh, that the worship fuels our work and that the work in turns fuels our worship that as we worship the Lord we get what we need to go and do the work that we need and are called to do and that as we work and we see God doing amazing things in our lives that we can then in turn move into a place where we can celebrate and honor our great God for all of the great things that God is continuing to do through the work of our hands there is time and place y'all for both we should be working towards achieving the purposes of God in our lives and we should be worshiping just as intensely both publicly and privately so that we can maintain the life-giving connection with God that means y'all we have to pause from the work and make ourselves fully present in the presence of the Lord we thank God for the work that God has empowered us to accomplish by spending time with God and allowing our time in God's presence through worship to fuel us for the work that is to come. 
This is what we see happening in the text today. This is what's happening in Nehemiah chapter 12. The people had worked. They had worked so uh, so much that they had built the wall in such a quick time, 50 some odd days. They had done it uh, in the face of enemies opposing them. They had done it in spite of the internal divides that they had. They had done it in spite of the threats from the empire that was around them. And this moment of dedicating the wall meant, uh, meant that uh, for the remnant that they had taken on this work and we were ready to return to the city. It was time to dedicate the wall to the one who had favored them and propelled them to completion. The work was hard. The obstacles were many, yet here they were standing on top of the rebuilt walls of the city of Jerusalem. They had worked and now, y'all, it was time for worship. For those who were being called together from the regions around Jerusalem, the Levites and the priests and the singers and the instrumentalists and the leaders and the lay people. This was a moment of rich celebration for what had been accomplished through them. The wall was done and it needed to be dedicated to the Lord and celebrated as a sign of the continuing process of the restoration of the nation, uh, of the national seat of Israel and the return of those who had been scattered by exile to their home place. And so the people gathered on the walls and began this processional parade to the temple for sacrifices and singing and service unto the Lord. In verse 30, it tells us that the people had to purify themselves ceremonially along with the wall. It's not clear what these rituals were for ceremonial cleansing, but what is clear is that they ain't just show up before the Lord any kind of way. They, they cleanse their out, outer garments. They cleanse themselves as a sign of them cleansing their hearts before they come before the Lord. Because as the psalmist teaches us, that uh, on the ones who can ascend into the hill of the Lord are the ones who have clean hands and a pure heart. So the people have to purge themselves and their work of the impurities that would make them unworthy to come into the presence of the Lord. They had to prepare themselves for worship and celebration through cleansing themselves. They would have to sacrifice animals for the remission of their sins. There may have been other actions that we don't know about, but what's important to recognize is that there was a process of preparation between the work and the worship that prepared them for entering to the presence of the Lord. Y'all know how it is. You work outside at your house, but you can't come to the dinner table in your clothes you've been working outside in. You got to go and clean yourself up. You got to at least wash your hands and wash your face, maybe change your shirt because it's a little dirty. You can't just show up in the presence of the Lord any kind of way. You got to show up like you're showing up at the dinner table because you know your mom will tell you to go clean yourself up before you eat. Yeah. Uh, the psalmist teaches us that we should enter into the gates of the Lord with thanksgiving and that we should enter into the courts of the Lord with praise. This means that we need to come prepared and ready uh, in the presence of the Lord, ready to worship, ready to celebrate, ready to praise, ready to rejoice. We prepare y'all by praying and asking God's forgiveness before we come. We prepare by singing hymns and spiritual songs before we come. We prepare by spending time in meditation on God's word and on reflection of God's action in our lives. We prepare by asking the Lord to lift the burdens of our hearts before we come so that when we get into God's presence we can focus on God's presence and allow God to heal us, allow God to help us, allow God to empower us, to transform us and to refuel us for the work that is to come. 
Y'all, I know I've said a lot so far, but listen, here's what's most intriguing about the text for me is that the worship for the people doesn't wait for the temple. Yeah, if you read the text, if you read what's happening in chapter 12, the worship doesn't wait for the, for the temple. They don't hold it all in uh, until they get into the temple and then let it all out. No, uh, they, they are worshiping on the wall. It starts on the wall. It starts in the place where the goal was accomplished. It starts at the place where the mission was completed. And Nehemiah called the Levites, it called, called the priest and the people to worship on the wall. Uh, one group going one way and the other group going the other way, but both groups walking on the wall to meet at the temple for a high time of a worship and I would imagine y'all that it was a surreal experience as they recalled the whole process that led to this moment of rejoicing about the return about celebrating the comeback of the protection and the presence of the city their, their rejoicing started in the place where they were right there on the wall where they could walk over the rocks that they had put in the wall they could walk where they had stood and defended one another from enemy threats where they could be reminded of what God had done for them and kept them through as they were moving towards the temple. Their celebration, y'all, began right where God had helped them to achieve another step in the process of coming back to Jerusalem as the city of God and God's people. And I just want to let you know today that we all have walls on which we can worship. These are places in our lives that serve as a testament to the power of God operating in our lives. Listen, a couple weeks ago I told you about the stones that the Israelites put on the shore as a memorial to them crossing over into the promised land. Y'all, that's the wall they had to worship on and you need to go figure out what your stones are. You need to figure out what your wall is. It might be uh, something that happened in your home or in your relationship. It might be uh, that promotion or something that happened on your job or as you were serving in church but whatever it is, we need to be obedient to God and celebrate what God has done to us we need done for us and done through us we we have to be obedient to what God showed us and, and told us to do so that we can rejoice as we go in fact y'all when I think about it we ought to be rejoicing right now y'all this has been a hard time this has been a hard two years but we're still here we have some scars y'all but we have we still have survived we didn't know how we were gonna make it but not only are we surviving surviving y'all but we're thriving and God has allowed us to complete some steps in the comeback from COVID. God has allowed us to complete some steps in the comeback from cancer. God has allowed us to complete some steps in the comeback from crisis. God has allowed us to complete some steps in the comeback from challenge and every time God helps us to get closer to what God has shown us it's a moment for celebration. You ought to be celebrating in the comments right now because you're closer today than you were yesterday. You ought to be celebrating because God is bringing you closer to completing the thing that God has shown you that he has for you. Listen, one question for us today. Why then should we celebrate the comeback? Why should we celebrate the comeback? Listen, three things in the text and we'll be done today. We can celebrate the comeback because it is vision come to reality. You should type that in the comments. We, should, we can celebrate the comeback because it is vision come to reality. Uh, verse 31 tells us of the specific instruction that Nehemiah gave as he organized the processional to the temple for the celebration. It says, 
uh, I had Nehemiah talking here. I had the leaders of Judah go up on the top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right toward the dung gate. Now, I know I stopped right there and it might not make sense for you, but note the verse, uh, note in this verse the location that the first choir was to proceed. It was on the top of the wall moving toward the dung gate. Listen, that might not mean anything to you, but scholars suggest based on the location of the gates that the starting point of the parade was at the valley gate. <clears throat> That's not a significant thing, but this detail connects to a previous passage in Nehemiah. Back in Nehemiah chapter 2 and 13, Nehemiah went to inspect the walls of the city. And in verse 13, he says, I went by night out through the valley gate toward the jackal whale and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down and his gates, which had been destroyed by fire. I think you missed your shout right there. Uh, Nehemiah, uh, when Nehemiah shows up in Jerusalem and starts to inspect the condition of the walls, he starts at the valley gate, moving toward the dung gate. The conditions of the wall were terrible. The stones were broken down and the gates were burned by fire. But now he was beginning the celebratory parade of Thanksgiving from the very place where he cast the vision to start this project. Oh, my God, that's good. Uh, Nehemiah saw that the walls, uh, what the walls could be, was granted favor by God with men, organized the people, completed the work of rebuilding the walls, and was now standing on top of the wall in the very place where this journey began he was moved by a vision and was now celebrating this moment this vision becoming a reality and y'all just like Nehemiah was given a vision for this particular project each of us have something that God has shown us to do which we should be working uh, to move from vision to reality we know the place that God gave it to us we know what it looks like we know what it smells like we just have to be willing to put in the work for it to become real and all too often y'all we sit around waiting for God to supernaturally do for us what God has already empowered us to do y'all we pray Lord do it and the Lord's response to us is you do it God has given us the vision God has make will make the provision we just need to go ahead and get to work and start the process so that we can finish the project because if God gave you the vision God wants you to make the vision a reality don't keep talking about that God gave you the vision if you aren't willing to do the work to turn it from vision to reality y'all I remember growing up and loving putting stuff together uh, my, my oldest boy and my and my and my, my two boys now are taking after me in this regard they they like Legos and puzzles you name it I like putting uh, stuff together and there was one year that my parents got us this three-dimensional puzzle that was a replica of the Capitol building in Washington DC and like most puzzles you were trying to put the pieces together so that it looked like the picture on the box the picture was on the uh, on the box was in two dimensions but the puzzle was in three dimensions so we couldn't see the whole complete puzzle by looking at the box we had to do the work of actually putting it together the picture on the box gave us the vision of what it should be like but when the picture on the box became the completed puzzle on the table there was a greater appreciation for what we had accomplished we high-fived we shouted in excitement we stood and looked at our accomplishment in admiration because what was what was once a jumbled mess on the inside of a box with a picture on it had now 
become reality on our kitchen table. And when we find ourselves y'all in the position where the very thing that God showed us, the very thing that God could, God, uh, the very command that God gave us, the very project that God told us to do has moved from the place of vision to reality. We should find ourselves of celebrating what God has done. When God has moved us from vision to reality, we can shout like never before. We can praise like never before because in the process, God has revealed parts of God's self that we had never experienced. The power of God, God has revealed the power of God that we had never witnessed and we can declare that God is a keeper of God's promises. We couldn't see the whole picture of how it would get done, but because we trusted God to keep us in the process, we found out that we don't have to know it all, that we don't have to have it all figured out, that what we don't know, God knows. What we can't see, God sees. And the reality of what God has done is even better than the vision that God has shown us because we learn in the process that we are stronger and wiser and better because God gave us something more than we bargained for. We got to celebrate the fact. We celebrate the comeback because it's moved from vision to reality. But also we can celebrate the comeback because it is evidence that silences our enemies. It's evidence that silences our enemies. Check the text in verses 31 and 38. There was a phrase that's repeated which says, on top of the wall. Uh, Nehemiah sent the choirs and the people in opposite directions from the valley gate to meet at the temple by walking on top of the wall. Uh, the wall that Nehemiah built is thought to have been about nine feet across, which was more than enough room for the people to move along it. This wall, which this wall is, which now holds the remnant of Israel, was described a very different way earlier in Nehemiah. Jump back to chapter four in verse three, and one of their enemies, uh, Tobiah the Ammonite, said, "What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones." Y'all, the instance used to discourage the rebuilding work from going forward was now silenced because not only was the wall erected, but it was also strong enough to hold all of the people who were marching across the wall and the fox that they talked about back in chapter four. The wall was the evidence that silenced the enemies and uprooted the thoughts of doubt in the midst of the people. It was the wall that was the proof that of God's provision in the face of their problems. It was the wall that was a visible and tangible re reminder of the reality of God's ability to turn obstacles into opportunities and overcoming the opposition in their path. It was the wall that showed that if they just focused on God and the work God had given to their hands that God would be would prepare the tables before them in the presence of their enemies y'all and what I've discovered is that so often we can do a great work for the Lord but the process of getting it done was so taxing and challenging that it'll cause us to say look I'll never do that again or we can get discouraged by wading through the waters of the naysayers and the critics and the armchair coaches and the folks who um who are just looking and spectating on the situation we can be beaten up by folks who speak negatively about 
about the work we have done even after the work has proven to be successful and complete and it was evident that the Lord was with us and our natural reaction our natural response is to fall back from engaging in that work ever again and the reality is is that is exactly what the enemy desires for us to do to focus more on the fact that people might be against us this is good that there will be opposition and obstacles that there will be ridicule and insults that there will be complainers and critics however by learning to worship on our proverbial walls by learning to celebrate the comeback by focusing and praising God for the success that for the success that God is a is a reminder for us that if God is for us God is more than the whole world against us in fact I want you to take a moment and just say that out loud to yourself that if God is for me God is more than the world being against me we just have to do the work and let God handle the rest we got to do what we've been called to do and let God handle the evidence we just got to do what the Lord has called us to do and go where the Lord has called us to do and walk where the Lord has called us to walk and let God handle the results that is the good news of working on the Lord's side that the proof never falls on us that it's never our job to provide or defend what the Lord has told us to do because if the Lord told us to do it then the proof is on the Lord and not on us and when God moves it will be an unmistakable move that will cause the haters and the hinderers to recognize that it was God that did it that's what Nehemiah 6 and 16 tells us that when all our enemies heard about this all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God celebrating the comeback is the evidence that the best way to silence the enemies is to speak uh, that speak against the work uh, speak against you is to do the work and that's why I love what our former president Teddy Roosevelt says uh, in his speech called citizens in the republic here's what he says y'all uh, quote uh, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood and who strives valiantly who errs and who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows the great enthusiasms the great devotions who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never left who never know victory nor defeat end quote in other words y'all I just want to let you know that we have to keep the focus on the work and celebrate when we've reached the milestone moments by worshiping our great God for the energy and the stamina to see it through and I just want to tell you today something I've had to tell myself time and time again over the last 18 months keep working for the Lord and let the results speak for themselves God's got you God is keeping you take a break when you need to but don't stop don't quit don't throw it don't 
Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Just keep doing the work and you'll find yourself lifting up your head and lifting up your hands in worship because you'll look back and see that in spite of all you had to go through, God did it. In spite of the obstacles, God did it. In spite of the oppositions, God did it. In spite of the rumors, God did it. In spite of the lies, God did it. In spite of the deceptions, God did it. Is there anybody here today on Facebook, YouTube, Zoom conference call today that's glad that God did it? I'm so glad that God, that God did it. We can celebrate the comeback because it is vision. It's vision come to reality. It is uh, the evidence that silences our enemies. And finally, we can celebrate comeback because it is the picture of people partnering with the power of God. Yeah, we can celebrate comeback because it is a picture of people partnering with the power of God. Here's, here's a big picture of what's happening in the text in this dedication moment. The people are celebrating the outcome of their partnership with God's power by pointing back to the source of their accomplishment. They, they, they're saying, we didn't do this. God did this through us. We were the partners in the work, but God is the power behind the work. The outcome was a successful, was successful uh, this time because of the power of God. And that power helped us uh, to do, the power that helped us uh, is continually with us. That's good news right there. The power that helped us is continually with us. And I, and I believe that this uh, moment provides for us a formula for coming back provides for us what it needs to look like as we move forward into the next season of our life as a church, into the next season of your life. It's simple. The human partnership with God's power. And if we're going to come back, it's going to take us doing what God, what we can, while God is doing what we can. I know, I know y'all have heard me say this a whole lot. Uh, it's going to take us walking and moving towards the place that God has called us to and God working as we are moving. It's remembering that all of the times, that at all times and in all things that are seeking to honor and glorify the name of the Lord, the power of the Lord is with us. Yeah, that's good. You want to type that in the comment. That, that ought to be your affirmation this week, that the power of the Lord is with us. After 134 years, Mount Carmel, the power of the Lord is with us. As we come back from COVID-19, uh, the power of the Lord is with us. As we face the challenges of failing facilities, the power of the Lord is with us as we face a culture that's apathetic about faith in Jesus Christ the power of the Lord is with us and if we can lean on that power uh, if we can walk in that power if we can work together in that power if we can ground our lives in that power then I just believe Mount Carmel and I just believe friends and family that are watching today uh, that we can see some amazing things happen in the life of our church 
church. That we can see some amazing things happen through our church. And that you, yes you, I'm talking to you, can see some incredible things happen through your lives. And that's what I like about this scene in Nehemiah. Because it is celebrating the outcome of the people's partnership with God's power. Uh, it's a celebration of what happens when we trust God enough to do what the Lord has told us to do. When we trust God enough to go even though we don't see everything happen. It's a, it's a, it's a celebration of what happens when we just take that first step towards where it is God is leading us. And trust that God has got us on the way. Uh, the completed wall is a testimony of what God can do when we move in the purpose, the passion, and partnership with God. Uh, in fact, I believe today uh, that you and I can find similar encouragements from the testimony of our lives because the outcome of our lives are the, te are the testimony to God's power. Uh, your testimony is I was sick, but the Lord healed me. That's a testimony of God's power. Uh, the testimony is that I was broke. I didn't have all that I needed, but somehow Jehovah Jireh filled in the gaps for me. Uh, the testimony is that I was hurt, but God restored me, that God touched me, that God fixed my heart and fixed my mind. The testimony is that my relationships were broken, that I couldn't figure out which way was up in my marriage or in my friendship or with my children, but the Lord restored it and fixed it for me. And then our declaration ought to be today that if God's power could get me through that, then what more can God do by God's power and my partnership with God in my life? What more can God do in my church? What more can God do in my community? What more can God do in my marriage? What more can God do with my gifts? What more can God do with my money? What more can God do with my life? And because I know that God got me through that. So there's got to be something better. There's got to be something greater. There's got to be something more that God has for me moving forward. And I just believe that when we partner with God's power, that there is a limitless potential for what God will do in us and through us and for us. Y'all know I've been saying it all year that there is no limit to what God can do. That the only limit is you. And so now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. We got to check and make sure that we're letting God's power be at work within us. And then we've got to start right now. Start celebrating the comeback. I know it might seem crazy because the comeback ain't happened for you yet. But I believe if you start celebrating right now that God is working it out as you're praising God in advance for what God is going to do in your life. So I dare you in your living room to just lift your hands right now. I dare you in your car to just open your mouth right now. I dare you as you sit in your bedroom. I know your family is around. I know your kids gonna look at you like you crazy but I dare you to just sneak your hands up in the air right now and give God glory for the fact that God is setting up a comeback for you. A comeback to all that God has in store for you. That God is setting it up and you want to celebrate and lift up the name of the Lord right now because he's doing it for you. God is doing it for you. You ought to celebrate it. The fact that there's a comeback 
you got comebacks you can celebrate. You got moments of vision and reality, moments where God has silenced your enemies, silenced your haters, moments where you've realized the power of the partnership with God's, with God's presence and God's power in your life. You got moments you can already celebrate, but you ought to celebrate now knowing what God can do for what God is going to do uh, in your life. Celebrate, celebrating the comeback. I ain't include this in the sermon close, but I'm going to say it now that Jesus is our example of what it looks like when God's power partners with human partnership because here is Jesus, divinity wrapped in human flesh, showing us as an example the way that we ought to live and work and move in the context of our world in order to have an impact to glorify God, to bless people. Listen, I think you read the whole Bible through the lens of the life of Jesus. That every scripture you read, you got to say, how does that line up with what Jesus did and what Jesus showed us? But here's a, here, here it is, y'all. Jesus had his own comeback moment. Because y'all know the story. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He died, didn't he die? But early on Sunday morning, he got up. It, it, was, a, it was a comeback. He got up. And everybody was celebrating his death, celebrating his demise, celebrating the fact that he was gone. The Roman Empire and Satan and the high priest were celebrating the fact that they thought they won. But Jesus came through like the Cleveland Cavaliers on the Golden State Warriors a few years ago. Like LeBron James with that block. <laughs> and got up early on Sunday morning with all power in his hands, showing us that comeback is possible for us comeback is a reality for us and we got to celebrate now believing that God will make it happen come on let's pray God we thank you for these moments of worship we thank you for this moment in the life of your children in the biblical text that reminds us of what you can do through us and reminds us of how we ought to celebrate what it is that you have done and we can anticipate celebrating what you will do. We thank you for the example of Nehemiah, for all of the, those folks who worked to build that part of the city as a part of the process of restoration. And our prayer today is that it is an example for us as a church, it's an example for us uh, in our lives that, that we can celebrate now as if the comeback has already happened, even as we continue to work, partner with your power to make it happen. God, we thank you now, and as we go into another week, God, preparing to close out yet another year, going into this month of November, God, it's our hope and our prayer that you would continue to pour vision into us, that you would continue to help us to commit ourselves and recommit ourselves to serving you ever the more. God, that you would help us even this week, Lord God, with the challenges that we face in our homes and our jobs, that you would give us what we need as we go. God, we honor you, thank you, and we love you now. It's in Jesus' mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. amen.